0: Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 and Luke chapter 6. We're going to use these chapters, these these verses today as kind of a springboard for today's message. But Let me start off by saying this. It's one thing to hear biblical truth, but it's another thing to apply biblical truth. I believe to experience better days, and we're in a season, in a year that we've called better days, and this, it's not going to end this year. We believe that's a season we're walking into and through as a church, a season of better days. But I believe to experience better days in our lives, not only do we want to hear biblical truth, we want to apply it to our lives. And today what I want to do is I want to talk with you about a subject that I believe that is extremely crucial to the church, not Destiny Church, the church as a whole. I believe this is a crucial subject that we talk about in the Bible, but I also believe it's one of the most dreaded subjects in the Bible. I want to talk with you today about giving. And if you're a guest today, or if you attend rarely, you're like, great, the one Sunday I decided to attend, they talk about money. Well, listen to me, I won't apologize for talking about money. I believe it's crucial. Did you know that God is the greatest giver of all times? He is. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he, he gave. He's the greatest giver of all times. And to me, I mean, there's so many verses in the Bible that really speak about giving. But to me, that verse nails the heart of giving. The heart of giving is about love. For God so loved that he gave. Now, for those of you that don't like messages on giving and on finances, I ask you today just to kind of hang in there, take notes. If you don't like it, you can... Email me at Chad I don't know, but you can talk to me, but anyway, Anyway, don't try that because I don't think there is one of those. But how I many you know in the Bible, there are about 500 verses on prayer. There are less than 500 verses on faith, but there are more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. In fact, Jesus talked about money more than really any other subject. Um, In 16 of the 38 parables in the Gospels, they're referring to money and gifts and talents. Money is important to God. Giving is important to God. So that tells me that as believers, that money and giving from a biblical perspective needs to be important to us. We need to talk about money. The church needs to deal with money. The church Needs to deal with finances, but from a biblical perspective. And that's what I want to do today. I'm not up here today to ask for an offering. I didn't save the offering for the end. I I speak to you about giving not because I'm a pastor and I need to speak to you about giving. I speak to you today about giving because I believe in it. I believe in the blessing of it, I believe in the power of it, I believe in the promise of giving. Did you know that the way we spend our time and the way we spend our money shows what's really important to us? The way we spend our time and the way we spend our money shows what's really important to us. Another way we could say it, the way we spend our time and the way we spend our money shows us where our heart is. Matthew 6, 21 says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, the question I have for us today is this What's important to you? Where's your treasure? Where's your heart? We could sit here and think through all kinds of things. Where is my treasure? Where's my heart? The answer is really simple. Your treasure is, your heart is where you put your money. Your treasure is where you put your time, where you put your money. Today I want to talk with you about your heart concerning giving. Let's pray. Jesus, I come before you this morning and I ask you in these next few moments to be in this room. And I ask you today to... Speak to us. And God, I know that many people are in this room and they struggle with this subject. And they think, well, the church is only about my money. God, would you help all of us today to have a heart that is softened toward this subject? Because God, you want to bless us. You want to pour out blessing on us from our giving. And so God, I pray that you speak clearly through me. And that you give us all ears to hear and a heart to respond. In your name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 2. All right, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 2. And you're going to say, what in the world does this have to do with money? We'll get there in just a moment. But listen, it says, Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be, will be measured back to you. I think it would be fair of me to say... I'm not an English scholar. I did like English in school. I think it would be fair of me to say that the subject here is judging. The subject in this verse, what this verse is talking about is judging. But this verse does not mention money at all. It's talking about judging. But let's look over at Luke now, chapter 6, verse 37 and 38. The first part of that verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 37 says, Judge not. And you will not be judged. Now skip to the end of verse 38. It's the same thing that Matthew 7 and 1 and 2 said. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So what I'm saying here is this. We have the same thing happening in two separate occasions in the Gospels. Two different authors. We have Matthew and we have Luke. This is from a teaching that Jesus did on the Sermon on the Mount. And two different guys record this. One is a fisherman. One is a physician. Luke is a physician. He gives more details in it. So what I want us to do is I want us to look and see what Luke has to add that Matthew didn't add in his gospel. Luke 6, 37 and 38. Let's read the whole thing. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Look at verse 38. Give and... And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Again, what's the subject of Matthew chapter 7? Judging, right? Subject of Matthew chapter 7 is judging. Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 and 2 it's judging. What's the topic of Luke chapter 6? Could we say judging? Yes. But Luke chapter 6 verse 37 through 38 is oftentimes used as a money verse. I've heard many messages preached with Luke 6 37 as the whole basis of giving. Give and it will be given to you. But I want to show you something here. Again, like I said, I'm not an English scholar, but it was one of my favorite subjects. I do like it. Give. In verse 38 is the verb. It's the action. It's the thing that we're to do. But the subject, what's the subject in verse 38? You're like, I don't know what the subject is. The subject is you. It's an implied subject. You give. It's an implied subject. It's not in the verse. The word you give is not in there, but it says give and it will be given to you. So the subject is you. Jesus is saying in verse 38, you give and it. Well, what's it? What's it? Whatever you give. He says, Jesus is saying, you give, and whatever you give, that's the it, you're going to get back. Then he uses this term good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Well, when we read sometimes in the Gospels, we have to take into context what is happening. What is Jesus referring to? Well, Jesus is referring to a Jewish poor person here who would work the edges of a field. On harvest time. That's really what he's kind of painting a picture of. According to instructions in the Old Testament, farmers in Israel were to leave the edges of their fields. They weren't to harvest those. They were to leave those for the poor people. The poor were to be able to come in and gather the grain, the harvest from the field. So each year at harvest time, you would in essence see two sets of harvesters in the field. You would see the one that is being paid by the hour and they would be working the middle of the field. And they would gather whatever they get and they would put it in their basket. They didn't care if it was full and flowing over. They were getting, in essence, paid by the hour to do a job. This wasn't their livelihood. This food probably wasn't going to go to their own barn to feed their family. This was, they were a worker. They were getting paid at the end of the day. They were going to get, here's your wages for the job that you did. So when they would carry those grain baskets to the, to the wagon, to the barn, wherever they were taking it, they didn't care if grain fell out, they wouldn't push it down, they weren't doing anything like that. Why? Because it didn't matter for their livelihood. But the, four, the poor farmers on the edges of the field, this was, this was their time that they were going to get the food that was going to feed their family, possibly for a year. So they are working the edges of these fields so they get what they can get in the basket. And they, in essence, it says with good measure. And so they're getting it in there. But then it says press down. So they're pressing it down. And then what they would do is then they would shake it. Why? Because that helps it to settle. And then they would put some more on top and press it down. And that's what Jesus is teaching here. He's saying what I want to do is whatever you give, I want to give it to you with Good measure. Not only that, I want to press it down. I want to put some more, and I want to give more to you. Why? So that it is running over, and that's what Jesus is speaking to in verse thirty-eight. And he's saying, "Whatever you give in God's economy, you're going to get more of that back." Are we out there? I'm just trying to teach you. I'm not up here asking for money, right? Just want you to understand the concept of giving. Whatever you give, you're going to get more of in God's economy. So am I teaching on finances today? Yes, I am talking about money, but listen to me. I am not teaching. You will never hear me teach give to get. That's not the motive for giving. We don't give so that we get. I don't think God's up in heaven saying, man, I just wish Chad would get the revelation of getting. I already got that. I think God's probably up in heaven saying, I wish they would get the revelation of giving. We don't give so that we can get. That's not the motive. Remember, God gave because he loved, right? To me, the motive for giving is love. That's why we give. But remember, Luke 6.38 is not just a verse on money. What do I mean? Well, in God's economy, what this verse is saying is if you judge someone, what are you going to get back? Right? We don't hear a lot of messages on this. We don't like to think of that. We just want to think of Luke 6.38 in the sense of if I give money, God's going to give me money back. No, that's not what we're talking about. God's saying whatever you give, he goes on and says, if you condemn, what are you going to get back? Condemnation. But then he flips it positive. He says, hey, if you give forgiveness, what are you going to get back? So if you give money, what are you going to get back? That's what he's speaking of in this right here. You're going to get it back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So the main subject of this verse is not money. Jesus is saying whatever you give, you're going to get it back. Good or bad. You're going to get it back. I think one of the main reasons we are fearful or afraid of giving is because of logic. Logic tells us I don't have enough money. If I give money, logic says if I give, I'm going to have less of what I gave. And yes, that's true. If I give ten dollars and I had twenty, I now only have ten. But God's economy, from Luke six thirty-eight, from a positive angle, says if you give money, if you give joy, if you give grace, if you give mercy, if you give, if you give. Peace, if you give forgiveness, whatever you give, let's look at it from a positive angle. If you give time, if you give your talent, if you give your effort, what God is saying is He will give that back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 2 Corinthians 9 6 says something very similar. It says he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So God said whatever you give, you're going to get it back. If you get a little bit of money, you're going to get a little bit back. If you give a lot, you're going to get a lot back. If you give a little bit of joy, you're going to get a little bit of joy back. If you give a little grace, you're going to get whatever you give you're going to get it back. So let me ask you this question today. What are you giving away? What are you reaping? What are you sowing? You see, I believe that our hearts, are, let me say it this way, I believe that our money, our finances, says a lot about our hearts. And what I want to do today For the rest of the time we have together, is I want to talk with you about our hearts and giving. We've been in the New Testament. I want you to flip now to the Old Testament. I want you to go to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 15. And look at verse 10. And we're going to look at, we're actually going to look from about verse 7 to about verse 14, 15. We're going to spend the rest of our time. But Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10 says this Give generously to them. And do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this the Lord your God will bless you. In all your work and and everything you put your hand to. Check this out. What I see happening here is God is saying to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. In essence what he says to us in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7. I love a generous cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And so that's what I want to talk with you about today, giving with a cheerful heart, giving with the right heart. And Deuteronomy 15 speaks to this. Let's look at verse 7 through 9 from the message translation. It'll be on the screen. It says, when you happen on someone who's in trouble or needs help among your people with whom you live in this land that God, your God, is giving you, don't look the other way pretending you don't see them. I think that's a comical verse. I'm like, when I read that, I'm like, how many times have I seen somebody in need and thought, I need to go over here, you know? I want to get away. Don't keep a tight grip on your purse. When I think of this, I think of the story of the monkey. Remember, any of you ever heard the story of the monkey who put his hand in a jar to get something out of it, and he had a clenched fist, and he could not get his hand out because he would not open his hand to get it out. If he had just opened his hand, he would have been free. But he kept his hand, and there was a closed fist, and he was captured by the hunter. I think of that a lot as giving. If we would just have an open hand, God would bless us. But so many of us, we have a closed fist. I'm wondering, why won't you bless us? And God's saying, if you'll just open up your hand, there's blessing there. What I think of when I read this scripture. So don't keep a tight grip on your purse. No, look at him, open your purse, lend whatever and as much as he needs. Don't count the cost. Don't listen to that selfish voice saying it's almost the seventh year, the year of all debts are canceled, and turn aside and leave your needy neighbor in the lurch. Listen, I love the message. Refusing to help him, he call, he'll call God's attention to you and your blatant sin. So to become a cheerful giver, I see in these three verses here a couple of things that we need to deal with. Number one, we need to deal with a self-centered heart. How many of you, let's be honest, how many of you in this room would say at times you have a self-centered or a selfish heart? Raise your hand. If you don't raise it, you have a lying heart. (laughs) All of us are selfish, right? Deuteronomy 15.9, another translation says it this way. When the seventh year, and I'm going to explain what this is talking about because some of you are like, I don't understand what this means. When the seventh year, the year when payments on debts are canceled is near, you might be stingy toward poor Israelites and give them nothing. Be careful not to think those worthless thoughts. The poor will complain to the Lord about you, and he will condemn you for your sin. Listen, here's the first thing I can tell you. In verse 7 through 9 of Deuteronomy 15, God clearly labels Selfish thinking concerning money as sin. You don't believe me? Just read it. He says it's sin. When we are selfish or self-centered in our giving, our mentality is, I won't have enough if I give, or God won't be faithful to meet my needs. And we're forgetting Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. Let me show you really what's happening in these three verses here, what it's talking about. In the Jewish economy, God implemented a system to where all debts were canceled every seven years. It was called the year of Jubilee. So how it worked was this. At the end of every sixth year, on the seventh year, at the beginning of the seventh year, all debts were canceled. All debts were canceled. If you, if you had a debt on a piece of land, that debt was canceled. If you had a debt on a piece of equipment, that equip, that debt was canceled. If you had debt on a home, it was canceled. How many of you think that would be a great idea for the banks today? Anybody's like, I like that idea a lot. Any Any bankers in the room, we think we should implement that. I guarantee you, if a bank implemented that system, they would have a run on their bank. People would deposit money there. You're going to cancel my debt. I'm going I'm to bank with you. But, in God, but what God is saying here in verse 9 is this. Hey, with the year of Jubilee in mind, when someone comes to you and it's the sixth year and they come to you with a need, don't stop and think, well, I'm not going to give it to them because next year I'll have to cancel that debt. That's what God is saying. You're saying, "Don't be stingy in your thinking concerning giving. Don't think if I give them this, they'll be released from that debt." God calls that mindset selfish. Really, God calls that mindset sin. He says it's wicked. How many of you in this room have children? Raise your hand if you have children in the room. I have 4 kids. I did not have to teach my kids to be selfish. They just came out selfish. (laughs) And we like to think that as we grow older as adults, we grow out of that. I'm 44 years of age, and I still like me. You know? I'm still selfish. I'm still self-centered. I catch myself thinking, how is this going to benefit me? And I know none of you do that. I'm the only blatant sinner in the room, but that's how I think at times. Selfishness comes to us naturally. But here's a way you can think of it. But when we are born again by God, he gives us a new nature. We no longer have to be selfish. God's dealing with this selfish mindset. So the question is, who do you think God wants to bless? The selfish giver or the cheerful giver? Number two. And we see in Deuteronomy chapter 15, number one, we deal with the selfish heart. Number two, we deal with a reluctant heart. What do I mean by dealing with a reluctant heart? Well, how many of you have ever given something at one point or time in your life, and the moment you gave it, you felt like remorse? Have you ever felt that? It's like, I'm going to give this to you. Like, how many of you have ever been in church like, hey, the church is talking about giving shoes to kids. I'm all in. And you give $50, and the moment you drop it, you're like, oh, I wish I had that back. That's what he's dealing with. That's what Deuteronomy 15.10 is speaking about. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. That's really what it's talking about. God is telling us, give, but he also instructs us, don't give, then the moment you give, grieve about what you gave. That's what he's saying. Listen, here, write this down. Selfishness attacks us before we give. Grief attacks us after we give. We have to deal with these hearts if we want to be a cheerful giver, if we want to be a generous giver have you ever had buyer's remorse have you ever had buyer's remorse you say what's buyer's remorse well buyer's remorse is let's say you go and you buy an outfit at the mall that you just ladies you think just looks amazing on you and you get it it's a little more than you want to spend and you get in the car and you're like I need to take it back you feel guilty for it it's buyer's remorse or you ever bought an electronic or you ever bought a car or a house and thought Why did I do this? I need to take this back. That's buyer's remorse. Well, that's what God is really dealing with here. He's like, hey, don't have buyer's remorse when you give generously to someone. Trust me that when you give, it will be given to you. Look at it, Luke chapter, uh, Matthew, uh, not Matthew, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10 through 11 from the message again. Give freely and spontaneously. Don't give from a stingy heart. Don't have a stingy heart. Let's talk about the why here. Why? Well, what's the verse say? Well, the way you handle matters, like, handers, handle matters like this triggers God. Listen, you're God's blessings in everything you do. All your work and all your ventures. They're always going to be poor and needy among you. So I command you, always be generous. Open person hands. Give to your neighbors in trouble and poor and hurting neighbors. God is telling us. Don't be self-centered concerning giving, and don't grieve when you give. Why? Because when you give with the right heart, it will be given back to you. That's Scripture. With good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we don't give to get. That's not our motive. But when we give, listen to me, in God's economy it triggers God's blessings. Are we out there? When we give in God's economy, it triggers God's blessing. That's what verse 11 says. Listen, the way you handle matters like this triggers God your God's blessings in everything you do. All your work and all your ventures. Here's what I believe. Giving And the blessing of giving are all about the heart. It's all about the motive. So it leads me to my third question, my third thought for you today, my third challenge, and then we'll close. As a church, we see this in Deuteronomy. We need to develop a generous heart. We need to deal with a self-centered heart. We need to deal with a reluctant heart. But we need to develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15, 14 says this, Give to them generously from what the Lord has blessed you with, sheep, grain, and wine. Can I tell you, this is my heart for our church. This is my heart for our church, that we would be known as the most generous church in the world. (laughs) That we would never have a need that doesn't go unmet in this church that there would be no need too great for us to meet why? because we have generous people I believe generosity breeds generosity generous people in essence create more generous people my heart for Destiny Church is that we would move from being simply consumers please hear me, I'm not coming down on anyone today but I think some of us have this consumer mindset. What can you give me? Remember, because we're selfish. We're self-centered. How can you meet my needs? What can you do to bless me? And I think that's why a lot of us come to church at times, how, to be blessed. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. We want to be encouraged and we want to be uplifted in our faith. But we don't simply want to be consumers. My heart is that Destiny Church would move from just being consumers To where we would all be contributors of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Listen, God wants to take this church from being selfish to being generous. God wants to stop the grieving when you give. And he wants you to be generous. And guess where it starts? It all starts in the heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So my challenge to you today... As I close is let's let's move beyond a selfish heart. Let's move beyond a reluctant heart. And let's move towards a generous heart. And know this, when you give, it will be given to you. Whatever you give, it will be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I don't know about you, but that's what I like in my life.